So we're not going to do like sing a tune and I'll pick a different part, harmony. <laughs> no, no, probably not. No. All right. Mostly it's just a hangout at this point. Yeah, it's a hangout with friends who love bugs, basically. Sweet. It's like, it's like book club, but for bugs. <laughs> bug, bug club. club. Yeah. Bug club. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends and beans. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating bug-themed superheroes. I'm Amanda. I'm Kelly. Producer Derek and Desdemona are also here. Before we get started creating this bug-inspired hero, what's uh, what's bugging you, Kelly? Oh, thank you for asking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I, have, uh, I apologize to the listeners. Um, I have had a sinus thing happening for the past mm. four days so my voice might sound a little different than usual um if anyone is a wheel of time fan and the dragon reborn mm. i'm more like the dumpster fire reborn right now oh, beautiful <laughs> i'm glad this podcast is not visual because i <laughs> look and feel like straight up trash it's that time of year people be going down with sinus infections <sighs> oh my the pressure in my face is unbelievable my dad was trying to tell me about this whole like okay you take you know a a big whiff of vapor rub then you press right here then you lean (laughs) forward and i was like dad this seems dangerously close to messing up like your whole face (laughs) but that's dad advice for you oh dad my dad gave me roll aids for everything yeah yeah (laughs) here you go dad take these roll aids and go to school you'll be fine yeah well an arm it'll grow back I was Here's visiting my, my parents yesterday for early Christmas and um, my dad know, knew I was sick and he opens up the hall cabinet and he's just naming medicines. He's like, do you want this? How about this? What about this? And I'm like, dad, maybe some ibuprofen. And he goes, well, yeah, I think we're out of ibuprofen, but we got this, we got this Tylenol and we got, and I go, no, no, I just, I really just want ibuprofen. If you don't have it, no problem. I'll, I'll be fine. okay. I'll have a beer and I'll call it. I'll call yeah. it. You know, you can and, go chew uh, the willow tree in the backyard if you want. But he just mm. he just kept pulling things out of the closet. It was like a clown car full of medication. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end. Don't think that's how medications are supposed to work. <laughs> but he was very sweet. My dad, you know, I, I'm an adult and my father still he just wants to take care of me. Like uh, he says, I'm still his little baby, uh, which is so sweet. You know, so sweet what's what's bugging you amanda anything i have recently joined the prestigious club known as flooded basement oh no hey. you and derek are flooded, <laughs> basement. And derek. flooded basement friends mine's not bad mine's not bad it's more um slightly damp basement but it's our first year being in the house over the winter time uh when we bought the house it was like just the end of winter this is our first time being here at the beginning of winter so it's an old house you know it's like 1928 or whatever so there's just not much ceiling going on down there and uh, the water be where the water be we lost a couple it's all about how you sell it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, like legitimately you know because it's like an unfinished basement Technically, technically it's mm-hmm. a reseller um so it's like cement and, st- and some stone everywhere and i'm mm-hmm. like legitimately worried that it's an ice rink right now because it's like 28 degrees outside and everything's wet i'm like it, getting in there is going to be a nightmare but 
you know, I think we only lost a couple of boxes, which is like not a big deal. I mm. lost a lot of convention stuff, which is, Aww. you know, the actual prints are fine. I haven't seen it, too much damage to those because they're all individually <laughs> like point of sale wrapped in plastic already. But uh, so it's just, it's just annoying, but it'll be all right. Cody's like stressed and I'm like, oh, yeah, chill. Okay. Cody's like, a stressful, is stressful boy in general. He... Yeah, it's just been bad What's lately. We're going to his mom's house today so he can take a nap on her couch and just relax. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, you can hear a third voice. We have a wonderful guest today, which I'm very excited about. Uh, my friend, friend of the pod, friend to bugs everywhere. Kevin of All Bugs Go to Kevin Facebook page. Kev, before we get into it, what's bugging you? Well, you know, not much. Um... And I really have always been one to try to not focus on that, the things that are bugging me. And I just had a really awesome day yesterday. Um, I went to the local um, reptile and exotic show and uh, met a lot of uh, all bugs go to Kevin fans, which is just, it's so surreal. But um, some new, some old. And um, a young lady I'm mentoring with, uh, came with me and I was able to get her her first tarantula. So that was super exciting. Oh, awesome. Um, I got a, I got a hug from my youngest fan, um, Marianne. And um, that always makes my day. Um, and uh, it's just, it was really, it was just really a good day. And I'm just still, still reeling from that. And I got some new ambassador friends. So, so that's cool too. Who are your new ambassador buddies? Okay. So I have, um, the Arizona bark scorpion and oh, very cool. So I'm going to show them to you, the uh, listeners. Sorry, sorry, you can't see it. Um, <laughs> listeners can go to Kevin's webpage and yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> they will be on there soon enough. Um, and and the reason I wanted this species is because it is native and it is something that comes up in conversations. And so for me to be able to actually observe them uh, and observe their behavior, it actually helps me to help others uh, to better understand them because I can better understand them. I mean, there's only yeah. so much you can get from literature and um, observing and experiencing things is really what helped me to overcome my fears. And so um, just being able to watch them and see that they're not out to get me and uh, and those sorts of things and understand their behavior better to be able to explain it to somebody is just uh, super helpful. I think those are the ones my sister's scared of because she's in school. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I probably should say that. I think those are those no. my sister are scared of because <laughs> she lives outside Phoenix. Right, and so I'm sure it is. Those and, are the ones uh, she's checking her shoes for. <laughs> right, I was gonna say people find those in shoes and such like you know things like that. So, and then here I've got a uh, ooh green bottle blue. She's not showing her pretty side, but um, oh, this cool. is one that I've wanted uh, for for a while, and they make really cool webbing. So I can't wait to get her in her enclosure and see what she. Uh, designs for me and uh so in this little one here it's just taped to the top just so that she didn't get tossed around but this isn't a rhesus uh species uh walkianary i don't know how you say that but um anyhow uh and then i also have some little desert millipedes well actually oh, some cute. big desert millipedes these are big uh, boys yeah wow. yeah the one of them's uh probably close to six inches so wow. um, and i think that's around where they top out and then I've got this one, um, which is, uh, I don't, I'm trying to get to where you can maybe see it. Yeah. But um, this is a, one of them they call a rosehair uh, Gramistola porteri. Mm-hmm. And um, they, uh, 
it's one of my favorite species for an ambassador. They're pet rocks and they're big. So they have that big hefty look about them. Mm. They feel a little heftier. And so when someone is, you know, trying to face their fears, it really, it just seems to help them. I mean, it's amazing when you see that switch in their eyes and that fear go to fascination. And then almost everyone says something like, she's really pretty or wow, <laughs> she's really beautiful. And, and just to see that moment when the, you see the terror go away and then everything's okay. And, and just this newfound like love and respect. Um, you just see it through their eyes. It's just, it's right. an amazing, it's an amazing moment. And I get to see it all the time and it's so awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. So Can were you, you, uh, Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Amanda. So were you, uh, we try to ask this to as many people as we remember. Were you an animal kid growing up or specifically a bug kid growing up? Definitely not. Um, no. I was an animal person. Um, I, um, my dad, um, he passed away about a year and a half ago. And, um, and I'm, I am my dad. So the goofy jokes <laughs> and all the, you know, all that stuff, that's me. Or, or that's him uh, coming out through me. Um, but um, he taught me just, you know, to really love life and um, and appreciate life and respect life and took me outdoors a lot. And arthropods were definitely not on my radar unless they put themselves there. And then I was uneasy a lot of times because I just mm -hmm. didn't understand them. And my grandmother was not a big fan. And so a lot of times, you know, you'd hear these uh, fake truths that um, stuck with me for a long time. And so... Uh, that's why I started All Bugs Go to Kevin. I mean, a big reason was I wanted to destigmatize these animals because I believed all the mumbo jumbo that was out there. And then when I read what, lit you know, what science had to say and then saw for myself, um, it was uh, saw for myself that like everything I was seeing matched what lit the scientific literature had to say and not what I learned growing up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that was really powerful for me. And, um, and what really changed it for me was the moment I, I got a macro lens for my cell phone close to 10 years ago, took a picture of an ant, saw the eyes and that was it. Mm -hmm. It was no longer this insignificant animal. Um, it has eyes, it breathes, it has a nervous system. Not that I saw that through the photo, but you know, these are all things, <laughs> you know, realize. like that hit yeah. me in that moment when I'm looking into the eyes of this animal. And, um, and that's a word I use a lot because I have had so many people go art, but, but bugs aren't animals. I'm like, they're absolutely animals, yeah. you know? And so I call them animals a lot because I want people to understand that these are animals and arthropods are the largest part of the uh, animal kingdom, um, right. like about 80, 85% of all life are arthropods. So arguably um, the most important part yeah. of the animal kingdom yes. too. Yes. It's a bug world. We're just living on it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it, and it's, that's why it's another reason it's important to just understand them better. Um, you know, so many people think they have pest issues and they really have fear issues because there are a lot of things that are not pests. And, um, and uh, so to destigmatize them and help people understand that, um, seeing a spider doesn't mean that you need to panic. Um, and in most cases you just get a little closer and check out what they're doing. And, uh, you'll probably just see their butt end running away from you because yeah. you're big and scary. So. Yeah. I have a cellar spider that lives in my bathroom and, um, she's welcome there. She's welcome. She hangs out. It's uh, some kind of flossidae and, uh, eats whatever happens to get into the bathroom. Usually like a drain mm -hmm. fly here yeah. or there. I live in mm -hmm. an apartment building and it's impossible to get rid of drain flies in an apartment building. 
but she takes care of it. It's not so bad. She's on the case. She's on it. Yeah. <laughs> on the job. She's my She's personal exterminator. <laughs> you came in the wrong neighborhood. Put a little spider at work sign up in the corner. Yeah. She's adorable. Spiders at work. Get her a tiny little reflective vest. <laughs> so your uh, your job is also based around bugs, right, Kev? Can you tell us anything yes. about that? So that is how I became interested in the first place. Um, I got into pest control. Um, and, um, because I didn't have an affinity for these animals when I joined, uh, or got, got into that field, um, I just wanted to be good at my job, you know, and because there was fear for me with some of them, um, you know, I just saw myself as this person, I had a truck full of things that could take care of them, you know, and, um, but I wanted to be good at my job and, and to be good at pest control, you have to understand the animals, and, mm -hmm. um, so, and you have to learn how to identify things. I mean, identification is the first step in solving a pest issue. Um, and, um, and also it's the first step in determining if there is a pest issue. And that's, I think a lot of times where, uh, pest management professionals fall short is, well, it's a bug, so I'm going to do stuff anyway, instead of just educating the customer and, um, and not doing anything because it's not a problem. And, um. Anyhow, so identification was really important, and that's what really, uh, really started to open my eyes a lot, because everything, once I started photographing things, everything I photographed, I wanted to know what it was, the life and times, natural history, all this stuff. I wanted to know what they were doing, why they were here, all that stuff. And so in the beginning, it was so many. I was taking 15, 20 animal pictures a day, doing all the work to identify them, and then posting them in groups or as I started to connect with um, professional scientists, started sending them to people who specialized in whatever field. Mm -hmm. And if I was right, then good, great, okay, <clears throat> pat on the back, learn more. And then if I was wrong, figure out why I was wrong. And I've had, and, and over the years, I've amassed so many friends who are entomologists, arachnologists, ecologists, you name it. Lots of ologists out there that I've become <laughs> friends with that have helped me to become better and stronger. And so to any of them that are listening right now, I, I thank you so much because it's um, it's meant the world to me. And I would not be where I am right now with all of these uh, wonderful people who have kind of paved the way um, for me uh, to to learn this stuff. So it takes a lot of practice to learn how to ID. There's a lot of nuance to insect ID, to arthropod ID. Um, there is it's, it's so tough. much. Yeah. And you'll never know all of them. Uh, I have people who send me photos all the time. What is this? Friends and family. What is this? And, and I don't always immediately know what it is, but I do have the tools to identify much quicker than I think regular non-scientist folk. But uh, that took a lot of training and a lot yeah. of time. It's getting that so. starting point, you know, finding that starting point and the better, the more you learn about what makes flies flies and what makes mm -hmm. uh, beetles beetles and so on, um, you can you can start to immediately look at a an insect um, or really any arthropod and then go, well, this is this is kind of where they belong. They belong in this family um, or this order or whatever. And you got a starting point as opposed to just saying, this is something that has an exoskeleton and lots of legs. <laughs> right. um, you've got a, a place to go and then you can kind of work your way from there. And that helped greatly. And in the beginning, um, I was legit. Like once I started to understand how to decipher family, um, or I'm sorry, order, I was legit going to bug guide and going to the browse section and looking at 
like and refreshing to see different possibilities and saying which one of these groups looks most like what I have here. Yep. And yeah. then I would click on that and then it would break it down further by uh, different genera or whatever and then species. And a lot of times like it was a ton of work, but I learned a lot while I was doing it because I learned about other species. And um, and so then there were times when I would go, like, I would take a picture of a new species and I go, I know what that is. I, I figured that out when I learned this other one. Right. Um, because I was reading identification information and, and uh, their morphology and all that stuff. And so um, it just and, really and helped me. There to, are uh, some you can't identify, not without a microscope. Or, no, absolutely. Uh, you know. And that's probably most. Yeah. <laughs> probably most. <laughs> that's half, half the battle is realizing, oh, this one I'll never know. I can't right. do that. Yeah. And when it comes to identification, like in these Facebook groups and stuff, um, it's nice to get a species level identification. And for a while, it was just this um, pride thing for me. Like I wanted to put the work in and, and mm -hmm. do everything because it helped helped my growth. But now I'm so busy and I get tagged in, you know, dozens of groups every day. And I, I have to look at like, what is, what is their, like, what is their reason for needing an ID here? Is it, mm -hmm. is it, am I trying, like, cause most people, when they post a spider, they just want to know that it's not going to um, kill them or lay eggs in their brain when recluse. they sleep, you know? <laughs> right. And it's not a brown recluse or, or a black widow or, or whatever. And so. It's um, not a, a brain eating phalange destroyer or whatever. Right. It is. <laughs> and so, so like when I see people come in and, um, and, and feel like they need to do a species level identification um, when it's not really truly possible um, and then I see bickering in groups and stuff over stuff like that. I'm just like, they just want to know it's not going to hurt anybody. Just, you know, yeah. Genus level ID is perfect. And they can learn so much about that, uh, that, that genus just by going and, and doing, uh, some research. And right. if they have more information, they may actually point to the species. Um, so maybe they learn the, the genus and they go, you know what, it was on this plant and I noticed it was eating it. Well, that may narrow it down to species for them. Mm -hmm. if, if, yeah. uh, if there are 12 individuals of that genus and only one eats that plant, boom, you've got it. And uh, so I always tell people when it comes to ID, every detail matters. Yep. Every detail matters. Because I know that's a thing with bats, too, is like bats are like they're so close together. They all look exactly the same. You just <laughs> Like you gotta take as much info as you can and try to narrow it down. But if you don't, sorry, you know, get a blood test on this bat, see if it's the baby daddy. If it's not, <laughs> <laughs> well, how so, um, oh, sorry, how how many members are in all bugs go to Kevin now? How large is your um, Facebook group? It is now at um, over one hundred and fifty six thousand people. Jeez, Louise, wow. That's <laughs> right? Awesome. I'm. You know, when I started it, I just wanted this place that we talked positively about these animals. No mm -hmm. negativity, no no kill it with fire, because you can find that just about everywhere else. Mm -hmm. I just needed a space where we talked positively, because that's how you turn your fear to fascination. Because, you know, putting all that negativity back in just draws you right back to where you were. And um, people want, you know, like, we want people to agree with us and take our side at times, you know, and, and have our backs. And so if we hate spiders. Sometimes it's nice to have people that, you know, kind of get where you're at, but, yeah. um, but at the same time, you know, people come to all bugs, go to Kevin to get away from that. And so we don't need all that negativity. And it's just, I, I, 
I didn't think we'd be able to keep the integrity at, you know, like as it started to grow and I went like, okay, this might be a thing. Um, I didn't think we'd be able to keep the integrity and um, it's so hard uh, when you get yeah. to those numbers and a lot of people join cause they find a cool picture and they don't understand, you know, that we have a, a, a vision and, and a goal that we're trying to accomplish. Um, but we still have held strong to, what we do and we've had one-on-one -on -one conversations through messenger just to keep people around. Cause I want them learning. I don't want to boot them just cause they're having a bad day or don't get what we're trying to do. So I have yeah. that conversation. If it's a fit for them, they stay, if not, they go, but they leave on good terms usually in those situations. And, um, and so many people have just stuck around and said, you know what? I like what they're doing here and I'm just going to try to watch myself because <laughs> we want it to be educator friendly. So I don't want the cussing and, and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's not cause I'm a prude. Um, you know, I, I, I use my fair share of sentence enhancers at times, but, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, it, it's more about, you know, making it a place where everybody feels welcome and they don't have to sift through things and scroll past stuff unless, I mean, people have to scroll past a spider they don't need you know they're not ready to see yet or whatever but they're not scrolling past uh comments that are unsavory and such so uh, so i have to say that your photography truly as someone who wishes i was better at photo taking your <laughs> photography blows me away every single time i'm like these are gorgeous how does he do it uh but I would say, yeah, that your photo work is an easy introduction to bugs. And like you said, just like really seeing them as like fellow citizens of this planet. Like you can't not when you see their little eyes glittering at you. Mm -hmm. think, I'm just, uh, please, uh, <laughs> I'm just a little friend. Like, especially like praying mantises, I feel like have a very charismatic face. Mm -hmm. Every time I see a, a mantis up close, I'm like, there he is, just a little guy mm -hmm. <laughs> looking at me. But like, yes. How did you get into photography? Do you do a lot of photography outside of this bug work or how, what's um, that? Journey? Well, first, thank you so much for the compliment. That means a lot. And um, I, I got into photography really. I mean, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I feel like I was six or seven and I had some birthday money and went to a Walgreens and I think I spent like $5 to buy a little 110 film camera that took disposable flash cubes that actually are, you know, like have a chemical reaction to make a flash yeah. occur like this is old school stuff. Uh, but that was my first camera. I don't remember anything I took a photo of. I don't know if there's photos somewhere in an album at my mom's house. I don't know. But, um, but I remember that I just wanted to kind of make my own mark and, 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 and take photos of what I wanted to, you know, what I was seeing and how I saw the world. And um, instead of my parents always walking around with this cool equipment and I wanted my own thing, you know. And, uh, but when I got to high school, uh, my parents had a, a 35 millimeter sitting in the closet that um, had been there from a vacation from like when I was an eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. And they just never pulled it out and used it. And so I was wanting to get into photography more and uh, take a class in high school. And so that really opened my world on just like to, to understand how a camera works. Um, just, you know, just the different settings, how they work into relation in, in relation to one another and, and the sacrifices you have to make to get the shot, you know, if the lighting isn't right and, and how to, you know, make the lighting right when you didn't have it. And so, you know, through using uh, strobes and flash, things like that. And, um, so that's kind of how I got started and got really interested. And, um, 
and mostly like what I love photographing was uh, nature landscapes. Um, um, of course, mammals and things like that. Uh, definitely not bugs. They were not on the radar, <laughs> but, um, but that, that kind of got to start there. And then um, once I got into adulthood, I joined or I worked for um, a national photography company and we did mostly um, school pictures but um, I quickly got moved into a position where I was doing um, a lot more like weddings and senior mm -hmm. pictures and different things like that with the division they had uh, to do that stuff. And so I got to learn more about how to use that external lighting um, effectively. And it was film photography. So we had to make sure that we had everything set and get that shot. So... Right. Um, that was invaluable to me because once I, cause I took about a 13 year break from photography. Cause I, I left that company and for, a, for a number of years after that, I did, um, I did, uh, weddings and senior pictures and things like that on my own. And then I just got burned out and stepped out of, away from photography for around 13 years. Wow. And it was that ant photo yeah. that changed my world and started getting <laughs> me back into photography again. And, um, and, you know, every photograph I take, it's like I want people to feel like they're in their world, like they're meeting this kind of new friend. And um, and so, like, there's not a real rhyme or reason to like the lighting has to be right and all those sorts of things. But like when I'm looking through the shutter, it's just there's a moment when things just feel right. And I just mm -hmm. take the photo and um, and I do try to get lots of angles because I think it's important for identification just in case it's important. Um, you, you never know what you're going to find, you know, like there's so many species out there that have been, that are undiscovered and you could be the person, you with your phone <laughs> or whatever could be the person yeah. to discover something new. Um, and that's another great thing to share. Like, to, uh, like you could come to All Bugs Go to Cabin or another group on Facebook. It doesn't have to be my group. Somewhere where you connect be. with people. It should be. But, but it should be. It should be. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> okay. Um, see, let me, me lose my train of thought. You make so me you blush. Can, so you, <laughs> Is my, does my head look bigger in the frame now? <laughs> you never know. Yep, there we go. <laughs> but so you take a picture of a long-legged fly and you're not sure what it is and you toss it into this Facebook group and somebody with more authority than you says, I don't recognize this bug. I think you found a new bug. Mm -hmm. Well, and the thing is, like, I have um, discovered uh, new, like, new records for the state of Indiana. Can you hear Toby? Yeah, <laughs> singing a song back there. <laughs> Oh, Toby. Oh, oh buddy. You're so sweet. He wants to go outside. I didn't think he was going to be the one. He's usually patient, so he must have to go. Um, let, him, uh, let him out. Right. We can pause. It's all right. Be free. Yeah. I am Friends so sorry. The animals. Don't worry. We love all the animals here. All right. We like, well, we like Kelly P on the podcast sometimes, too. Well, not like on the <laughs> podcast. I, I think a little Toby, break. Toby, don't feel bad, buddy. <laughs> See? Even Kelly does it. Even Kelly. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. She's a learned scholar. She too has to <laughs> urinate. <laughs> it was so sweet. I left this morning. Ted had joined us at some point in the night, as he often does. And uh, I left. It was just Cody and Teddy curled up in the bed together. And I was like, oh, you guys are so cute. It makes, it makes it hard to leave. You're so cute. <laughs> yeah. I... Unfortunately, it means my back hurts because Ted gets like right up. He wants to sleep. 
in your skin if possible yeah. like, that's what he wants yeah yeah is to be like in the same set of pajamas as you and you're like get away from me um but it often means i wake up with my back hurting because i'm like on the edge of the mattress because he's like <laughs> scooted over so far that it's like pushed me over the edge uh, finn will come up and sleep he likes to sleep with his butt on my chest yeah and his head facing the edge of the bed <laughs> so by the by the end of the night i've moved all the way again we have a yeah. king size bed i've moved all the way against yeah. joe i'm sweaty because there's just too much touching. hot water bottle touching yeah. it yeah mm -hmm. yeah a warm cat butt on my chest so yeah. i'm like all sweaty but he's so sweet i don't want to move him you know? i probably have to wake up Cody not a cuddler otherwise twice a week to make sure that he's like on his side of the bed because he's like <laughs> migrated over and i'm like get away from me i'm trying to sleep yeah so yeah, I need space when I'm sleeping. I don't. I don't want you all up in my business. I'm trying to rest. <laughs> yeah, my husband's a cuddler, and I'm yeah, like, please, stop, <laughs> please stop cuddling me. I need space so I can sleep. I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> are you, Being are the, you one the cuddler? Thrown off, that is. Yeah. Yes, I'm the cuddler. <laughs> Toby doesn't like it either because he's definitely a ladies' man, and so mm. when I um roll over and put my arm around my wife he comes up between us oh, oh no excuse you that's boy. my yeah. wife <laughs> my wife <laughs> all right he's let's a mess. reset he, uh, he um, went through a lot of abuse and he's just turned out to be such a good dog oh, oh little puppy. i'm glad he's a good boy trash animals man sometimes they're grateful that you're just like letting them stick around and they're like thank you <laughs> he is such an awesome dog i have to share a video with you of when um when we went to uh my friend rick's house in cole city um uh he has um or his family has a property with um i think it's like 200 plus acres of forested land and it also i think butts up to Sycamore Land Trust, which is all just protected land as well. And also on, like on that property is um, what is possibly the largest breeding site of great blue heron wow. Uh, wow. in the state. So uh, it's ama this amazing place. And he finds some of the most amazing arthropod species out there. And um, so we just have these weekend getaways where it's me, him, and... Um, Sergio Enriquez from Global Center for Species Survival, and then uh, Mark Milne from uh, University of Indy, who's kind of like the state spider biologist. Is that's how when when the first person who brought him up to me years ago, that's what they labeled him as. And I think it was just you know some people you say arachnologist to, and they go, huh? So <laughs> uh, so b spider biologist, I think you know makes sense more to to people. Um, but uh but anyhow i get to hang out with these awesome people and rick has found five species of bolus spider oh, on cool. his property wow and so the first trip that like after he had found them the first time i'd gone out there post him finding them um he told me like uh like when i was getting ready to leave that um, he had a surprise for me when i got there and i was like okay he said i found three other species Wow. So I was like, "That's wild. what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I've and, never um, seen a bolo spider in person, only videos. Well, um, you'll have to come. Like if you, if you want to make a trip to Indiana, I'll just, um, I'll just talk to Rick and we'll, we'll make a plan and, and try to 
get you out there to see some bullet spiders because it That'd would be, be awesome. so cool. Um, it is so, the one power I feel Peter doesn't use enough as Spider-Man. It's like he should be, <laughs> he should be you know, cowboying up some guys. All, I, all I'll time. tell you, they, they're, I mean, I got to see them at night. I got to see one of them with their bolus out and we called it bolusing. We saw them bolusing. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a that's, if that's an, an actual term, but it is now. It is in our world. Did you watch them um, grab a moth like mid flight? No, I saw some moths kind of attracted to the area, but I never actually saw the catch. And it uh. may have possibly been when I lost my footing, hit the branch, and it stopped bolusing. Oh no! Don't know. I mean, maybe. We actually waited for like thirty minutes, and it wouldn't it wouldn't go back to doing it. So I got one really good photo, and I'm super thankful for that one photo. So, um, uh, and the, sometimes that's all you get. For the but. listeners who may not know what a, a bolus spider is, they swing around a sticky piece of webbing and they use it usually to catch moths um some of them emit pheromones that uh smell like female moths of these specific species and uh super fun super cool to watch videos of so uh listeners google true facts i guess true facts (laughs) uh z frank great video hilarious video it's only like three or four minutes long totally worth watching if you want to learn about bullet spiders oh nice um and he has other videos as well um, on arthropods that are factual but funny. Um, and um, just I love that. I love humor. Trust effects. me. Trust me. It is worth the watch. <laughs> but uh, a couple other really cool facts about boa spiders. Um, a lot of I don't know if it's with all species, but with some species, males are born mature, like come mature out of the egg sac or, or oh, out of the wow. egg. So. Wow. Um, Totally wild because that's just pretty well unheard of in arthropods to come out of the egg yeah. a mature, um, a mature grown adult. man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, come out mature like no cheesy jokes or anything. Oh like, wow! Mm. Yeah. The morning um, laugh at a fart joke. These <laughs> but um, so that's really cool. And then there's different uh, species. So uh, certain species will actually just kind of dangle their bolus mm. and where others actually swing it around um and uh when they're immature i believe they emit pheromones that attract certain flies and not moths um huh. and that may be species maybe there are some that um that attract moths there's i, I don't know everything bolus spider but um but they are just fascinating and and really i can say that about just about any spider and that's what really helped me overcome my fears of mm. spiders um looking at photos, observing them, uh, both just on the ground or in their web or wherever outside and through the lens um, helped me greatly. Uh, When you notice that these things you're trying to photograph are running away from you most of the time, you start to understand that they aren't really wanting to hurt you or or that there's no malice or any kind of intent on their part towards humans. They just, we're just big animals and they want to get away from us and um, and unless they need us for some reason, they're not going to seek us out. So, you know, mosquitoes, ticks, things like that. Um, those are the things that uh, are more concerned to me than um, than a spider any day. And, and you know, and they're vectors. So, yeah. you know, they do have the potential to cause me harm. Um, well, that brings me to uh, we had a question from your Facebook group from someone who asked, uh, why should we conserve spiders? 
Yes, I know who that was. That was uh, Mark Milm, the uh, spider biologist I was telling you about. <laughs> oh, so it was both. We, we were debating whether it was a, uh, why should I care about spiders? Or if it was a, please expound upon why we should care about spiders. Mark, um, Mark putting a well-placed yes. comment in there for uh, <laughs> yeah. serving his own I want to see what Kevin's going to say on this one. <laughs> um. There are so many reasons they couldn't serve spiders, but there was like a study done. I don't remember. It wasn't too far back where uh, it was found that spiders eat somewhere between 440 and 880 million tons of food every year. <laughs> so if we were to uh, snap our fingers and zap all spiders off the planet right now, you can imagine the havoc that would come from that and the, the just sheer numbers and species mm -hmm. that there would be due to not having that predator-prey relationship happening. Um, but also predator-prey relationship on the other side is, is important too. Birds and other animals that eat spiders. Um, and arthropods in general are part of the reason they're so successful is because they're food for so many animals because they produce so much offspring very few offspring make it to maturity and that's because they're providing to the environment mm -hmm. yeah. and um and it doesn't matter whether they're providing um <clears throat> a, as a, you know a prey or if, if they're part of the decomposition process they are providing they are uh, you know through decomposition by insects typically um you you know you got through their feces you got you know healthy soil being created and these nutrients that are going back into the soil and um, and then new things grow and then provide life for more insects, which provides more life for, you know, so with spiders, you know, it's, it's, um, they're just so incredibly important. And then, uh, Sarah Rose, who is the author of, um, uh, spiders of North America that was put out last year by Princeton e University excellent Press. Book. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Book. Yeah. Best book on spiders uh, for it. North America by, I mean, just the range maps alone, make it. Yeah. There aren't enough the books about that she put spider that. ID either. There's like nothing. There's like yeah, little it, like tiny books, but this one is incredible. Yeah. Well, and Sarah is just a phenomenal person. Um, she and I have become good friends and I'm just so thankful to her. Um, she, she has always, always, always been there for me as a friend when I need to talk, but also for spider knowledge. And so... Ooh. Um, I first reached out to her, I think it was probably about eight or nine years ago. And I was so like, oh my God, she's responding. She's called, uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> this is a really smart person who knows stuff, you know, like that I don't know. And she actually is, you know, calling me back. And to think like we talk on the phone on a weekly basis now, and she's just such a light in my life. Uh, I can't believe that, you know, um, I get that, that opportunity just to be a, a, her friend and, um, Anyhow, now I'm rambling. I'm great at that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I always call those side quests when I get a little bit uh, <laughs> off on a tangent. And um, we know all about tangents here on uh, uh, yeah. a. <laughs> was there a question, or was I just Not talking? Really. You were just talking about spiders, and we need them. We need. Yeah, them. it, it was Mark's question. That's right, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Are you proud of me? Um, <laughs> there are just so many reasons they're important, and um, it, it's just. I just, I want to destigmatize because when, when I did, I, I did, a, I was asked to be part of a symposium uh, for uh, NSOC 2020, which is the Entomological Society's national meeting. Um, and um, we did a study, uh, not an official study, but we, we put a questionnaire out there and a, a 
24 hour period, a little, maybe a little bit over a 24 hour period. Um, we had close to 3000 people respond to this questionnaire to get information on, um, how many people in these Facebook groups, arthropod groups, um, have fears of, you know, had fears of arthropods coming in to mm -hmm. these groups, um, and then what types of arthropods and so on and so forth. Um, how, how much, how high will like, like rate your fear and all those sorts of things we did. And so what we found was about, uh, 72, 73% of the people that responded, uh, had a fear of some arthropod coming into a Facebook group for arthropods. Um, and then uh, of those, it was like 82% had uh, fears of spiders. And that was like landslide, biggest, biggest yeah, fear was spiders. That's the one. And so knowing that that was my biggest arthropod fear um, years ago, uh, it, just, it just makes me want to fight for them when I see that, those kind of things. But what I saw was uh, that was really cool through all this data we collected was that... <clears throat> before you know that most people were rating their fear if they were afraid of spiders at you know like terrifying or just below you know and um they weren't just kind of middle of the road sort of afraid and um and then after learning through facebook groups uh for arthropods it, it was just like if you looked at the graph it just looked like you took it and flipped it so oh, that everything was that was really high was now really low and then and then so the fear, you know, the number of people that were like saying they had no fear after learning was like through the roof. That's awesome. And then, um, and then the people who still had fear was almost nil. And so that's pretty amazing. And then to see that like so many people overcame their fear within like 30 days, 30 to 90 days. Wow. Um, I don't remember the percentages on that. And I would love to share if you want to see the, the data on that. I don't know if I've ever shared that with you, but yeah, I'd love um, to see that. But it's um, it's really eye opening. And one of, one of the things I thought was cool is when I, you know, I was watching the data as it came in. And once I hit about 150, 200 responses, the percentages didn't change much. Oh. So it kind of made me feel like, OK, this is pretty accurate just across the board to be getting yeah. so many responses. And even from 200 <laughs> to, you know, 2000, the percentages didn't change much on on anything and so i thought that was kind of cool i mean um, it, and it really leads credence to the idea that like we're you're scared of what you don't understand yeah and like Absolutely. You know, people always throw that around it's just like you know trite expression of like <laughs> well we fear the unknown you know absolutely but like, for real i mean that's what your data is supporting here is the idea that like you're scared of spiders because you don't get it you that's don't what my experience it. is supporting too yeah. and um i mean so, so if i understood heights I could conquer my <laughs> Well, you know, there are some fears that I think are there for good reason. And right. I think... That's lizard brain stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but like, because uh, that's the only fear that I can think of that I really have that really, I had to do um, uh, a service, uh, a pest control service where I had to go walk out to the middle of a uh, drawbridge, like one of them that, that comes up or uh. swings. And um, I had to go out to the middle of it then move to the outside edge of it, climb a two-story staircase into an office at the very top of the bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the operator and, and install some equipment up there while um, he's moving the bridge and rotating at 90 degrees oh, and all wow. that stuff. And then and walking, walking up was hard enough. Walking down, looking down at a river 
you know, over a hundred feet below me and things are shaking and just everything. And there's guys out there working and as I'm walking off the bridge and I'm just like, you guys are amazing people because I couldn't do this. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you see those cranes where they're like building whole buildings, you know, someone's mm. got to build the top of this hundred story building. And I'm like, I don't think you could pay me to get up there. <laughs> that, that's crazy talk. <laughs> they're just sitting up there all day. Just I love heights. <laughs> I think it's really cool. I don't I, have, uh, I'm not like especially scared of heights, but like. Ugh. Like I, as a teenager, I would have been like, "Let's go skydiving. That sounds awesome." Now, as you know, a thirty something, I'm like, "No, we're not doing that. That sounds like a horrible plan." <laughs> Jump out of a plane? Do you know how high a plane is? I, I went skydiving when I was eighteen, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Eighteen uh, year That's what. That's who skydiving is for. Is for eighteen. It's for eighteen year olds. Yeah. My, my mother was know. not happy when I told her afterwards. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm in the mom phase of my life now. Right? One of those ask no. forgiveness later scenario. Yeah. Well, I said, I'm 18. I'm going to do what I want. You know, I'm an adult. Whatever, whatever. I was not an adult. 18 year olds are not adults. <laughs> Gosh. Well, and, you know, not. I'm They're amazed really at, no. at like, you know, I think back to like when I was 25 and I felt like I was learning a lot of life lessons and I was at a good place in my life and felt like. I had a lot of wisdom and stuff. And then I, you know, fast forward 10 years and, and I look back to when I was 25 and think like, oh, what, what a, a freaking idiot. What a baby. And, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, and fast forward and, you know, another 10 years and, and, um, you know, and, and just the, I, now it's just like, I don't think about where I stand as much as how I can grow. Yeah. And um, there's always more to learn, always. Yeah. It's and so back then it was just like, you know, like I felt like I was trying to find this standing in the world instead of just being me and letting yeah. that be okay. And um, and so now, you know, I'm just focused on being a better version of me every day. And so um, it's amazing the difference uh, your your life will go when you just stop mm -hmm. worried about worrying about titles and all those. Like, I don't care. Like, Somebody who tells me their title, if they're, you know, some big prestigious title, show me what you do with it. Yeah. Show me who you are. Show me your integrity. I don't care how much money you have. What are you doing with it? How are you helping people? I, you know? I think from, from 15 to 25, you're just living in the Dunning-Kruger effect, like at all times. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, I know about that already. I'm. I'm a big boy who knows all about that, actually. And then at 35, you're like, what a, what a little baby boy I was. I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> And, well, you're, yeah. you're really, um, you're really doing it though, Kev, you've put your money where your mouth is with this incredible outreach and conservation work you do on behalf of arthropods everywhere. It's, it's really just inspirational and I'm so glad to be in the group and to be your friends. It's, it's just awesome. It's awesome. Thanks for Thank being you. you, buddy. Are you trying to make me cry <laughs> sorry, or what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you so much. That means a lot. And um, I've had so many people that have come to see me at events that I do. Um, and some people have driven as much as six hours to see me. And to That's have amazing. somebody that came that far just to see you and just to say, you changed my life. I never thought a Facebook group would do that. Yeah. And now that I'm seeing it happen by the thousands, um, I don't I'm just honored that I could be a small part of that for people because I don't take credit for for I don't, I don't feel like I can take credit for much I feel like I put this template out there and I, and yeah I do outreaches and I and I do all this stuff but like 
a person overcoming their fear is them. Yeah, that they did that. Work. Yeah, and it's um, hard work. We are just a, a, a we are just little helpers, and 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 people putting those positive thoughts in their ear to help them to convince themselves that they can do it. And I had a, um, a member reach out to me right after I started All Bugs Go to Kevin. Her name's Kelly. Um, great name, isn't it? <laughs> and um, I like it. She's, she's in Texas and she reached out to me and I said, okay, this is a lot to talk about. Can we do a phone call? And so we, we talked on the phone and um, love that Texas accent, but, um, <laughs> but she said, okay, Kevin, you like, you, you've totally, uh, you've, you've totally screwed me up and now I'm, I'm starting to care about spiders. And <laughs> How dare so, you? My paradigm. It's shifted. So she sent me this picture. What kind is it? And it was a cellar spider. And, and she was just worried. It was, it was, I think it was in her window in the kitchen, if I'm remembering correctly. And it just wasn't doing very well. And I said, well, mm. sometimes they just get a little dehydrated. I said, sometimes it's just their time to go. Um, but um, if, you know, if you want to try to do something for it, you could try to give it some water. And then, you know, she's huh? Like, uh, how am I supposed to do that? And so I just said, you could take like a cotton ball and soak it, or you could take a Q-tip and you could just hold it up and, and they'll actually just take the, the water the right, right from it. It's and, um, yeah. and what so. What are you saying right now? You could feed a spider with a little Q-tip, a little bit of water. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so, very sweet. Gosh, that is so cute. Mandy, you got to get Teddy to feed, to water feed spiders. I got to find a, I got to find a big juicy, juicy girl to, to water now <laughs> no you need to find a not so juicy girl oh, oh yeah it's if they're dehydrated and and not so plump they're going to be more likely to take that well, water from you so. i'll keep that in mind for summertime next year because so it if, is, they're, it if their not... butt looks like a raisin they need water okay. yeah they get little raisin butts the poor yeah. spiders so um i live in a wet part of the country so i don't know how successful i'll be on this endeavor <laughs> it's always wet here house but... spiders house spiders almost always will take water if they're in okay. the house because they don't have uh, access to as much mm. unless you have a moisture issue i hope you don't but um i've got two children there's always moisture around somewhere <laughs> <laughs> someone's peed somewhere someone's, <laughs> someone's flooded a tub oh and pest control i've had uh i've, I've had uh, fruit fly issues that have been from urine peeing in closets and things like that wow. oh my God. You know, wow. so this is where I keep my pee. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what though. Every little thing that that every little weird thing like that is just another tool in the bag that helps me to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And so many problems can be solved without any pesticide usage whatsoever. And mm -hmm. most of the fly issues are are like that. You can just solve it. You can you just have to find the source, get rid of it, and yeah. ta da! It's amazing <laughs> when they don't have food how they don't do so well. And um, and yeah. that's really how pest control I, I feel should be uh, handled. Uh, in most cases is what are you figure doing out to bring them to you right what yeah. what is the cause let's get to the root cause and get rid of that and then they can't they can't live so um it's this bag of malto meal from 2012 that's in your right <laughs> right <laughs> well and i've gone i've done calls where i've gone and um something gets missed and, and I, I go open a cabinet and they said they they were just here last week they checked all that it's none of that yeah and i'll say well I'm a kind of a leave no stone unturned kind of person. So I'm going to look, I'm going to look again and you know, and it's just, they pulled one bag uh, off the top shelf and there was one further back and they didn't get up on something and look, and it was that bag further back that they couldn't see. That was the problem. And so, um, 
I throw like I'll take it out to to the trash outside for them and say, okay, we'll have a good day. And they're just like, so you're not gonna spray anything? I, nope, like there's no need. And 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 they a lot of times are floored that I'm not doing chemical applications. Mm-hmm. But then I explain things to them well, and they always get to hear about why the animal that's in their home is important in the environment as well. Um, that's awesome. But also, um, they 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 see two days later that they don't have, no longer have a problem. Yeah. And so now I've gained their trust and they start to understand like, Oh, pest control isn't the chemicals in their truck. There's actually mm-hmm. something to this. Like there's, there's knowledge that is needed to do this. And, um, and so it, it, it helps them to value me instead of the chemicals on my truck. Cause no, the most important tool is our brain. So yeah. that's the most, the, the chemicals in the brain are the most important chemicals to use. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of sweet, actually. <laughs> yeah. Your brain chemicals. Yep. Uh, something you said just a minute ago about like the spiders, like really made change my little perspective. I never considered spiders as the food source before because so many times you hear, "Why should I care about spiders?" Well, do you you don't want bugs in your house, right? The spiders will take care of that, and that's kind of again like what can right what can the spider do for me? <laughs> right. But, but to reverse it and say, well what are the blue jay going to eat if you get rid of all the spiders? Mm-hmm. What are, what are the robins going to eat? What are some Ooh, of the smallest yeah. birds in North America uh, that require insects to like, just get their, their young off to fledgling. Um, it, it's in the thousands of insects yeah. that they need for one, for, for just one, one, cl- one, uh, Clutch. I'm yeah. trying to find the word. Uh, so that's pretty eye-opening to me, yeah. and 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 that's why uh, like planting native plants is so important mm-hmm. because you're providing for native wildlife and um, and not planting all of one thing because a lot of times people even in your your vegetable gardens and stuff if you have a lot of other non-vegetable native plants going you're going to bring a lot of different things and allow that predator prey relationship to take place and then you start having balance um when you start doing these like kind of monoculture you know way of doing things where you just kind of really are one note on the things you're planting then your if your plant diversity is not there then no other diversity is going to be there and so if you want to see diversity and balance and and stuff in your yard plant lots of plants don't do the opposite people are afraid of bringing bugs in the more you bring in the more balance you have and the more mm-hmm. ba- like the more diversity diversity is important people and i found yeah, that to be true in my in my personal life as well as in nature and uh, nature teaches us teaches me all the time <laughs> teaches me patience and all kinds of things i just saw this TikTok, and it was a, this farmer guy in you know middle of nowhere america and uh he was talking about how if you have an off-season field which people don't really much anymore because you just got to be making money all the time but if you've got an off-season field that you're gonna let rest don't let it just grow purposely plant native grass in that field and you'll bring back the quail and if you bring back the quail you'll bring back the things that eat the quail and if you bring back Uh the things that eat the quail you'll bring back these hawks or whatever it is and pretty soon you've got a field that's like a little ecosystem ecosystem. yeah that's like helping native wildlife the way it intended not all grass is created equal you have to make uh-huh. sure you're planting native grasses because that's what the quail wants that he was talking specifically about uh-huh. like people say i never see quail anymore so like it only grows this tall guess how big the quail is and it's shorter <laughs> than that you know like uh-huh. and it was just a really interesting 
idea of like you can do this you can make the area of your life that you have and use it to make things better at least in your Mm -hmm. little batch of the world and that we should all be focusing on that sort of stuff it's not that hard to plant grass and look at what you've done you know it's not that hard to take pictures of bugs kevin Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) well i just keep with um uh when when conversations of lawns come up, um, mm-hmm. I always just like to say like lawns are a thing of the past. Yeah, talk things into existence. Like, I mean, um, are you an eighteenth century lord? Then get rid right, of like, lawn. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, the joy that it's brought to my life and the joy that I've seen it bring to so many other people's lives. Just once they get past the hurdles of the fear, and then they start planting things in their yard. And the joy that it brings, you get to go on a safari in your backyard mm-hmm. and not have to pay for a plane ticket or anything else. You can go in your backyard and every day, if you spend enough time out there, you'll probably find something you've never seen before. Every day. If you're into squirrels, how many squirrels, how many different species of squirrels are you going to find in your backyard if you're just sitting out there before you've seen them all? You know, um, you know, if you're into mammals in general, like what are the, uh, what are the odds that you're going to see? an insane number of diversity of mammals in your backyard uh, in comparison to any other animal except for arthropods. Yeah. Um, and you can go and, and, and I have never been harmed by arthropods when I've gone out with my camera and have, have, have gone looking other than ticks and mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. My I haven't even, I haven't even been hit by a horse fly yet. I've never been hit. Oh, I've never yeah. been bitten by a horse fly. Oh, I've been bitten um, by flies I know flies that they're not fun, but um, <laughs> well, when you look at their anatomy, it doesn't look like it would be very fun. Yeah, they um, don't have piercing mouth parts. Uh, Amanda, when a fly no? wants to bite you, okay. it just has little sort of crushing pinchums, and then it rips a chunk out of your arm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they're so, terrible. Can you not use those big uh, scientific te- technical terms? Uh, <laughs> Please, we not everybody our- out there. <laughs> understands that terminology pinchums Derek yells at me when I jargon too much on the podcast so I try to keep I try to keep the language relatable <laughs> that is I try to be mindful and try to um, put context clues in there when yeah. I throw out words because I think it's important to learn the terminology too Although we did um, we did an episode where I discussed what man- mandibles and chelicerae yeah. and the different types of mouth parts, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just got to be crushy pinchums. <laughs> first time I was on a horse that galloped, so I was probably about nine, maybe ten. Uh, that galloped because a big old fly, I mean an inch long sucker, came landed on its neck, and I assume bit it because it then <laughs> took off running. Oh no! Um, little bit was the name of the horse. And, uh, you know, I'm 10 going, whoa, whoa, trying to get this horse. And it would not stop. And now that you describe what it's like getting hit, bit by a horse, I'm like, you know what, little bit? You were correct. That was the correct one. <laughs> I was That's just along for the ride on that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. They have beautiful eyes, though. I'll yeah, tell you, horse yeah. flies, they look so cool. Do you, You've photographed many, 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 many bugs. Um, do you have a favorite? It's so hard to pick a favorite because they're so freaking uh, diverse and amazing. And awesome. Yeah. Um, so just spiders alone, I couldn't pick a favorite. I have certain species that are near and dear to me. Um, the one that helped me overcome my fear. And earlier you said, um, you know, put your that, that, that I put my money where my mouth is. And it's mm-hmm. funny when you said that it reminded me of 
the first time I held a spider um, was uh, right after someone told me those very words that I had just been learning this stuff about spiders and I was starting to share everything I was learning because I was starting to work past that fear. And, um, and it just felt amazing. And so I just wanted everybody to, to like learn that, like, no, no, they're not, they're not jerks. They're actually really cool. Check this out. They do this. This one does this. And, um, and then someone said, you know, well, you keep talking about all this, you know, mm-hmm. bite stuff that they don't bite. It's so unusual for them to bite. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is? And I was like, you know, I haven't, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm up to that point, you know, just, I don't touch them. I just give them their space and I observe them. And I, and not that anybody has to hold or touch a spider. Um, it was important for me to put this to the test, to be able to teach other people. And now fast forward 12 years past my, you know, first getting into pest control and learning and getting into learning all this stuff. I've now handled thousands and thousands of spiders. I've crammed them in vials at biological <laughs> surveys. You know, I've done all of these things, you know, to them where I deserve to get bitten at this point. Yeah. Like it's fair. It's fair. You know, like if they, if they do it, like, you know what? I've harassed you enough. Right. I deserve it. But I've never been bitten once by a spider. No, me neither. I spent all summer, well, not all summer, but a portion of my summer I spent doing educational programs on black widows, brown recluse to help destigmatize them and help people realize that yes, things can happen, but it's very rare. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, poking brown recluse in the face and, um, <laughs> and letting them crawl up my arm and doing all these things with like thousands of people saw me do this over the summer. And it changed so many minds. It's, you, you could just see it. And then I gave them the opportunity to face their fears after they saw my talk. And pretty well everyone who like raised their hand when I asked if they had fears, actually held a tarantula there were a couple that said i can't do it i can't do it and i said that's fine you don't have to ever do this just learn to respect these animals don't kill them just because of what they are and um and i said but if you do decide before you leave you you know what i want to try it i don't want you kicking yourself come back i'm here so if i'm still here if i if i'm putting everything in my car and i've got the last container in my hand i will still get things back out so that you can do this so if you if i'm still here we will do this both those people came back and did it and i was just oh, that's like awesome. that's great i mean a hundred percent 100 percent. actually the two biggest events i did 100 percent on people who wanted to you know face their fears but were reluctant they did it in the end they did it and um and it's just you know to see that to be able to experience that in and just be able to facilitate that for somebody is such a gift. Um, it means so much to me to be able to, to do that and, and, and uh, be a part of that for people. It's a so. big reason we started this podcast, too, was to get people to love and respect arthropods. And uh, because they or even they just a level of tolerant, you know, yeah, tolerant, <laughs> tolerant, tolerant. too. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, that's where I'm at. I don't, I, I love and respect these, but especially over the last, you know, two years doing this podcast, but the thought of holding one would still, I think, freak me out. I think I could do it, do it if it I another? had, I think I could do it if I had a Kevin with me, if I had Kevin and he had, <laughs> this is Rosebud, the rose jointed, I don't know, remember what the tarantula is called, but, and, and her name's Rosebud and she's really gentle and I hold her, you know, three times a week and she's never given me a problem. I think I could do that. If it was Kevin and his friend Rosebud. <laughs> so here's the beautiful thing for me. I don't 
hold my uh, my animals unless I'm doing a program because mm-hmm. it's stress I don't want to put on them. Right. Um, some stress is good. There's actually studies out there about stress and, and how a little stress is good. So, uh, so I don't worry. Oh, like I don't overly worry about it because they don't have stress if I don't do anything. I mean, they really, I mean, yeah. my animals have a pretty good life. So, mm-hmm. um, so a little bit of stress isn't an awful thing, but I feel like they kind of get that at feeding time. But, um, but it, it is a very big deal for some people and uh, kind of a rite of passage to, be able to do that and so that's when i do it but here's the thing that i've learned is arthropods have pretty predictable behavior Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't have big brains they're not super smart they're not vindictive they don't they don't take revenge so they're pretty much like you can do something and expect a certain behavior in response to what you do wait a 10 seconds do it again and the same response is going to happen they may jump left instead of right this time or whatever but but essentially, you kind of know what's going to happen. So with my spiders, I just understand the different species and the behaviors, um, whether they're fast or slow. I have tarantulas that are pet rocks. I have others that are super <laughs> flighty. I am not going to use a flighty tarantula for handling. Um, I don't want to use a tarantula with uh, hairs that are a little too irritating because um, I've seen people use um, uh, the Mexican red hair, uh, red knee tarantulas. Um Oh, those and are pretty bad. and they, the, yeah. the hairs are pretty urticating and, and then they, they're constantly flicking them. So like, <laughs> you know, um, so like, I don't feel like that's a good species to do handling yeah. with for, uh, as an ambassador animal. Uh, so I use the Arizona blonde and, um, grandma Stola porteri, which is a lot of times called the rose hair tarantula. The grandma Stola rosea, I think is the one that they technically call the rose hair. And then this one, they ten- tend to call the Chilean rose. It is in my opinion, much more beautiful than, than the, um, the red, than the, the rosea, the rosea. So anyhow, I feel like I got off on a huge side quest there. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't I'm going back to like the question was do I have a favorite uh, favorite arthropod yeah. and 90 minutes later um, <laughs> so no I don't have a favorite arthropod the so I got off on that long long tangent um, and if you guys have to edit some of that out you're not gonna hurt my feelings <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but anyhow uh, so the the first thing I ever held was a jumping spider. It was pretty tiny. It jumped on my hand, kind of looked at me, They're walked so around, cute. jumped back off. And that, that kind of helped me see that, um, well, one, I wasn't getting hurt, and they really didn't want to be on me for that long. And, um, and I kind of had that experience a few times with uh, jumping spiders. And then I, um, I got a call from a customer who knew I was starting to photograph these things. And um, so he said, I've got one for you. And I said, well, my first question is always, is it alive? Because I don't like photographing mm-hmm. type stuff. Yeah. And he said, absolutely. And it's a it's a big one. And so I said, okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> and so I go and he has um, a fishing spider, dark fishing spider. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah. In a, um, in a little plastic container. And um, he said, you can keep the container. The homeowner doesn't, or the, the tenant doesn't want it back. It was in an apartment complex. <laughs> um, and I said, okay. <laughs> And, um, so I took it home and, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to hold this thing. And it's like three inch leg span probably yeah. in there, oh, you know, really? and oh, so I dump her out onto my hand and she's just sitting there just chill as can be. And I just remember 
just this feeling of relief and the chills come over my body, you know, like those good chills. Um, and I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I can't believe this is happening right here. You know? And, um, and so I'm, I get my, I have my phone out. This is before I had nice camera gear. So I have my phone out, my macro lens, and I'm doing all these different pictures with her in my hand. And then all of a sudden she decides to run and she runs <laughs> up my arm and I had a short sleeve shirt. So she runs up under the sleeve and onto my bare skin on my chest. So in my head, I'm reciting the things that I know to be true about yes, spider bites. They are peaceful. Oh, bites, okay. occur, <laughs> bites only occur when trapped in clothes, shoes, or bed. Bites only oh, occur no. when trapped yeah. in clothes, shoes, or bed. Oh, no. This is one of those situations, you know. So I dropped down to one knee and um, and then got out of rank. No, that was, no, sorry. No, <laughs> yeah, I dropped down to one knee and I just kind of like... I, uh, I pulled my shirt out just a little to create a little puff of air and she kind of, she just fell out. I picked her up, got her in my hand again, took a couple more photos, put her back in the container and nothing happened other than what I just told you. There was no bites, yeah. no nothing. Even with her being against my skin, the pressure of my clothing, all that stuff. I tell everyone bad. they really don't want to bite you. They don't. No. It's an it's energy expenditure. Yeah. For that venom. It, it's just, yeah. They don't want they to make it. more. And how do they make more? They need to eat. Yeah. yeah. So if they haven't eaten in a while, it's not a winning situation for them to use their venom on a non-food item. So I told this story in a, a past podcast, I think about wolf spiders and I had a Carolina wolf spider I was working with in the lab and um, she got spooked and ran up my arm up to my shoulder and uh, the undergrad who was with me lost her mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like real calm. I go, it's all right. She's just scared. She's just scared. I'm just going to get her back in the cup. Everything's going to be fine. But the Carolina wolf spiders are, are big. She was mm -hmm. a big girl. Yes. Uh, but she didn't hurt me. She was all right. She's just spooked. That's She's all. the size of Kevin Stuffy right there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I wish. I love, oh. I love a wolfie. We all know that I love a wolfie. But, um... I, I, I just love them all. Bugs Need Heroes was created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman. Hosted by Amanda Allen Nide and Kelly Zimmerman. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad, with some assistance from Chelsea Bodden and a few cats. Character art is by Amanda Allen Nide. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out at bugsneedheroes.com, and most of the socials are under Bugs Need Heroes. Thank you to the Entomological Society of America for the Chrysalis Fund grant. Is there, is there an Instagram? There is an Instagram, because I just looked. I just Googled Kevin Wiener. <laughs> Bugs photography. Wiener. <laughs> Wiener. Wiener.